York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick Tom Show. Here giving you that Knicks talk just in the nick of time. And it's time to talk about a Knicks win. Uh, and it's an interesting win, but it's a win nonetheless. The Knicks once again win. Beat the the, the Kings. Oh, I have I don't have the score here. The Knicks beat the Kings. I'm sorry. It's 112, 112 99. 112 to 199. Yeah. RJ Barrett gives you 27 points, nine rebounds, and six assists. Uh, Julius Randle gives you 27 points as well with eight rebounds and three assists. Mitch gives you 12 points, quickly gives you uh, 12 points as well. And the Knicks once again hold a team to under 30% from three play great defense but the story was really julius randall and his propensity to lose his cool at a moment's notice julius randall after having a phenomenal game scoring 17 points in that first quarter th starts the third quarter off in folly gets pushed in the back by sabonis the ref does not call a foul. And as you see here, continues to harass the ref for the non-foul call. Gets two quick technical fouls that end in Julius Randle's ejection. But somehow, someway, the Knicks persevere. The second unit rallies, gets into the game. RJ Barrett takes over. It was a sloppy takeover, Ryan. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't like they they, they played a hundred minutes, uh, thousands of minutes together, and they put it all together. No, they struggled offensively in that fourth quarter. But it was the defense that really held it all together, and the Knicks beat the Kings. In the signing fashion, 112 to 199. And it looks like I just lost Ryan G. Uh, so shout out to Ryan G. I'm going to work to get him back. Hopefully, I can get him back. My Wow. All right. Technical difficulties. I'm sorry. There's been technical difficulties happening behind the scenes the entire time. But listen, I'm going to see what's happening here with Ryan G. Interesting. Can I start? I'm sorry, guys. My Zoom crashed out of nowhere and we lost Ryan G. But we're going to talk about it all. Shout out to L. Marshall. Shout out to Picks for Timmy. Shout out to Jay Han Hans. Shout out to JT Riddick. Shout out to everybody else who's rocking with the KOT show. And shout out to my Zoom who just crashed and then opened back up yeah. out of nowhere. I don't know what happened, don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but my Zoom is unhinged, just like Julius Randall's attitude. We're gonna talk about it. <laughs> Woo! Before we get into the details of the game, first and foremost, shout out to Fubu TV 
MSG.com for working with KOT. If you want to get MSG for free and want to see the Knicks win because we're on a four game winning streak. I think the first time in two years, right? I think as Ryan G said, right, Ryan? First time in two years? Well, they they did have a four game winning streak last season towards the end of the season, but I was the only four game winning streak. So okay, all right, all right, all right. But shout out to FubuTV.com. If you go to FubuTV.com slash KOT, you will get MSG free for seven days. And if you decide to purchase Fubu TV, we get a cut. You get to enjoy the Knicks for free and other sports channels as other shows, as well as other shows like Martin, Fresh Prince, or whatever cable channels you want to watch. All right, so shout out to Fubu TV. Let's get to it. Ryan, this this game has something for everyone. You can't look. We Julius Randle gets ejected in the third quarter. Jalen Brunson was already playing hurt. He leaves the game with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, and somehow the Knicks still pull it out. But let's talk about Julius Randle's game before we talk about everything else. What did you think of Randle's game? <laughs> what do you think of the ejection that followed and what it means for the Knicks moving forward? Because this ejection this, this is why people are pissed at Randle. And rightfully so. You can't do this dumb ish in the game when you having like a damn near historic game where I'm talking about 50 burgers on Twitter. You, you, you gotta keep your mind. You have to keep in control. This is why people want to trade you, but this, you have all this talent here bubbling. And if you can just harness that and point it in the right direction, you might have something. I'm sorry, Ryan, I asked you a question and then I just went off on the rails. What do you think about Randall's game and the ejection? Well, I mean, besides the ejection, it was a great game. 27 points in the first half. I think that's a career high for him in one half. So that was definitely the positive and there definitely was a lot of positives to take from Julius Randle's game as well. Um, the fact that, you know, him actually trying to direct traffic on offense, because there was one play where he had the ball, I, I believe, at the top of the three-point line, and he was telling R.J. Barrett to cut to the basket. And R.J. Barrett cut to the basket, and then he passed it on, and then he lobbed it to Mitch for the easy dunk. You know, stuff like that, I, you know, is definitely – you know, is it, it definitely shines a light on Julius Randle's game this season. Like, he has definitely grown, and I believe he's showing that COVID Randle is not a flu because mm. it seems like COVID Randle is back for this season. And he's been playing well, but like you said, you know, there's going to be a lot of Knicks fans and a lot of people, um, a lot of Knicks content creators that's going to look at Julius Randle's ejection in the third quarter and point to that and be like, well – based on what we saw last season, like this is the reason why Julius Randle needs to be traded because he can't keep his cool and he can't keep his head, etc. But at the same time, I think Julius Randle did have a right to be mad because the refs calls in this game were not up to par. And there were a lot of missed calls on the Knicks side as well. And I think Julius Randle just couldn't take enough. But I do think that, it, that the Knicks players could have probably did a better job of holding him back. Maybe, you know, just have him have him have that one technical to try to like really get him away from the refs to try to preserve mm-hmm. him for the rest of the game. But 
besides like Julie, besides Jalen Brunson, kind of like you know tapping Julius Randle, kind of pushing them away. I didn't really see any other players come to Julius Randle's aid like that, and they just let my man go off and. He said the magic words and got two tentacles and got thrown out the game. So, yeah, so I'm not going to be, you know, those Knicks fans or those content creators that's going to be like, oh, Julius Randle, he couldn't keep his cool today. This is why he should be traded and blah, blah, blah. And use that as a justification for him to be traded because, in my opinion, like, he's been good pretty much this whole season controlling his emotions. Like, one outburst doesn't equal him being run out of town. But at the same time, it's like, you know, yeah, you need to try to keep your cool. You should. You need to try to, you know, know the game situation and know that it's, it's the third quarter. The game's not over yet, even though you have a big lead. You know, right. hey, say my piece. Yeah. And get the technical and then calm get down the, after that. Get the, listen, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I think I, I shout out to, I think Ian, Ian said it best for me. You have every right to be mad. Sabonis straight up pushed you in the back. You you needed that foul. The rest was wild in all game. To be honest with you, we were up how much? I think we had the largest lead of the game by halftime was like 18 or 19 points. Straight up, we was clobbering those dudes. The rest were treating Mitch like I don't know what. The Mitch was just standing there. He was collecting foul. Three of those fouls that Mitch got was Fugazi. We really, the rest really kept those guys in the game. On top of um, them missing their foul shots, I think I feel like Karma was 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 seeping through some bonus foul shots, because and that's why we ended up with the lead with that because half the fouls he drew on Mitch Robinson weren't even fouls. Like Mitch was locking him up, like he really was. But I, I digress. I digress. I do believe Randall had the right to be pissed, but you are the leader of this team still. Yes, get that first set, get your stuff off. But after that, you gotta dial it down. You got to dial it down because it's still a game to be won. You already know Brunson is, is, is touch and go from falling. You are the guy who's dominating your matchup. You have to stay in the game. You have to stay in the game at this point. But uh, and I agree with you. And and we've been talking about the probability. The, the, I know and everybody's on the trade. You really is random. Now his values high thing. And I know we've been we used to having this conversation too, Ryan. And this is kind of what obsessed me about Jalen Brunson going down right now. For 10 games, we've had the lineup that Tom Thibodeau has envisioned from the beginning of the season. I think this is really wanted. We've had that for 10 games. And for the, and for the last four, four or five games now, we're um, starting to see the way that Tom Thibodeau really wants to play. So for me, it's kind of premature to say blow up everything when this is the actual team that we wanted to see from the beginning and we i want to see what happened before we make any moves about oh trading random trading this person trading that person we need to see what the intended starting five looks like for an extended period of time that that's that's what i say um and to Further talk, extend that conversation about the Randall outburst. I'm not a fan of the Randall outburst. I was actually afraid of this last season. That was one of my reasons for maybe wanting to move him. But on top of that is, will that outburst and that short temper seep into the morale of the team? And will that start to have us play bad basketball because his attitude is seeping into the team. That's the bigger part 
of what I was worried about from last year going into this year. I don't want his attitude to seep into the team. And then the team, then you see the things like, you know, not helping OB up after play or not cheering for teams for the success, stuff like that. That's that's the real that's one of the biggest issues for me with Randall's attitude. Tonight, he had a bad attitude. Next game Wednesday, clean it up, get back to business as usual. I we don't want to see that again. And and it might happen again because that's just who he is. Just like just that's who Draymond Green is, you know? Draymond Green is a guy whose attitude problem and the the, the Warriors want to chip with him. Not saying you're going to win a chip with Randall, but what I'm saying is the attitude has to be still be channeled because you can still lose a game like Draymond did. You can still lose a series like Draymond Green did for the Warriors too. We don't want that to happen to us. But at the same time, he doesn't let that affect his team. So I don't want, I don't want Randall's attitude affecting the morale of the team. As long as he's still playing good basketball and being a good teammate, then those to me are the biggest issues. And right now he's playing a great stretch of basketball. So I, I want to see how this carries over with this specific group. Yeah, I definitely get what you're saying, Jay. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like this season I've seen changes. I see differences like, I don't believe it's going to carry over to the next game or the next few games or whatever the case may be. Like, based on the, based on the attitude I've seen Julius Randle have for the majority of this season and the team's camaraderie and how the team gets along together and everything, I do think that this is a one-off. I do think that today Julius Randle was justified in his anger towards the refs because, yeah. you know, like I said, there was a lot of bad calls, missed calls against the Knicks. And something did have to be said. You know, Dom Thibodeau went off on the, on the refs early in the game and got a technical. And the, and the bad calls, the missed calls kept going. So Julius Randle felt like saying his piece as well. So um, I don't think it's going to be something that's going to carry over because Julius Randle hasn't shown me this season that it's something that will. You know, and I do think that a lot of people are scared because of his attitude last season. And, you know, and people are kind of like on the edge of their seats because of, you know, they're like, you know, will that attitude come back or is that attitude fully gone completely? But I do think that Julius Randle has made strides this season in regards to his attitude. And I do believe that this is a one-off and it's not going to affect the Knicks long-term. Uh, absolutely. I, I hope you're right. I hope, I hope you're right, man, because I'm actually liking what I'm seeing. We, we seem like we've returned to one of the top defensive teams. Like once again, granted, once again, we don't have a full team to play, but the principles of great defense were there more so for me in the first half than the second half um particularly that third quarter got a little bit wonky defensively especially the start of the third quarter but for the most part i saw some good things i seen maybe what three open threes um in that first half i think one was from herder from like a double triple screen or something and i think two might have been from uh who was archery guarding the rookie two might have been from the rookie but besides excuse me yeah keegan murray yeah keegan murray but besides that from that first half i was very pleased with the three-point defense 
the one, the three, the three that um, yo, why is my mind going right now? The three that was hit by Julius Randle's man earlier. I felt like even that three was kind of contested and pretty well contested by by Randall. But on top of that, I think like I know people keep saying, oh, it was only Randall Shorn, but collectively, guys, if you're really being unbiased, Grimes and Mitch for sure are the anchors of our defense. But Randall has stepped up defensively in these last five games, even though it's not perk if he might have some lapses. But compare these five games to like the 10 games before, and you can see the difference. Um, so if, if the defense starts to continue, and even the way he's moving the ball in offense, he got some offensive, he got three assists, he got some hockey assists, he was causing double teams in the middle of the floor, urging RJ to cut so he can give RJ the ball, and RJ is getting floaters off, wide open floaters, hockey assists. If he keeps playing at this level where he's just reading the game the way he is, then you, you just have to consider things long-term. But I, my, my, I'm sorry, my brain, my brain is all over the place right now. <laughs> so sorry for that. But goodbye by Randall playing well. And also the three-point defense from the Knicks. I'm really loving the three-point defense. Yeah, man. I, and I want to say something about the defense because that's the reason why the Knicks are able to win this game because they lost Julius Randle in the third quarter because he got ejected from the game. They lost Brunson in the fourth quarter due to injury. And yet without their two main scores, they were still able to maintain the lead and win this game. And that's because of their defense. And yeah. And I mean, <laughs> and I have to admit, the way the defense has looked, especially in the last four or five games, it looked like COVID Knicks defense is back, to be honest, the way they've been playing the last four to five games. And now here rises another question because don't get me wrong. I'm fully on the, I do think that the Knicks do need a new head coach in the future if the Knicks are to reach the next level. But at the same time, the way the Knicks are playing right now, especially on the defensive end, it's really hard to justify firing Thibs. And you, got to, and you just have to be real about it. It's really hard to justify it. And it's one of those things where it's like, you want this to happen, but then at the same time, you have to give the guy who's there credit because he, it seems like Thibs has fixed the defense and the Knicks have held their last four or five opponents under 100 points, which is unheard of in today's NBA. So you have to give Thibs his props and it makes it even harder to get rid of Thibs because if the Knicks are playing like this, there's no justification to fire him. Well, Thibs ain't going nowhere for one. Two, the, the youth... The young guys, the guys that Tibbs wanted to draft here, the guys that weren't getting minutes last year, because for because for my, from my understanding, I feel like it would just be too crazy for the Knicks to disregard Evan Fournier after just signing him to the bench, even though to me it was really clear that Grimes was a way better defender just stepping out, just stepping off the bus. Like day one, before he played an NBA game, he was a better defender than Evan Fournier. Um, but there's, there's these politics that have to be involved in moving him from the starting lineup into the bench. But all of that politics stuff is now done. Grimes is here now playing. Derrick Rose has gotten older. Now you have Deuce playing with Grimes, with Quickly. And all those guys are causing absolute havoc. But 
Like I said before, the Grimes-Mitchell Robinson tandem on defense for the first unit is making things a lot more easier for that first unit. And this has this, and now and now that Randall is playing better defense, is giving a nice little offense defense balance that we need to compete with games. And then when the second unit comes in, you're going all four defenders with RJ and because our defenders are so tenacious, we we are we're afforded the afforded we're afforded to make mistakes because our defense is, is just so good with the second unit. Miles McBride is a, is a beast. That man's a beast, beast, and we know it. And this is going to be a time now that it's getting consistent minutes. There might be a day where you start to see summer league McBride peak his head out if he starts to get more consistent minutes. And what I mean by that, some of the McBride was hitting threes on top of play defense on top of making some plays. Today he hit a three, he made a layup when things started to get a little tight. It, it seems like he's slowly starting to get a little bit more comfortable with running with those guys. And then when you combine him with quickly and Grimes and all those guys switching instincts, happening one time and even hartenstein and sims i have to admit even hartenstein and sims even looks good even though i didn't like hartenstein as a bonus today uh <laughs> before today you look good <laughs> but when those guys are all clicking it looks really good because today like malik monk has been beasting what did malik monk do today nothing not a damn thing not a damn thing. Malik Monk, I'm watching Malik Monk. I'm like, yo, this guy's speed is incredible. He's going to blow. He's going to kill us. Malik Monk, he would like IQ would hound him, and then he will get it a little bit by IQ, and then McBride be right there to pick up the slack, and and then all of a sudden he's like one for nine on the night. Matter of fact, this is Monk's night. This is Monk's stats for the night. Three of 15, two of eight from three. I'm surprised he even scored 12 points because I I did I it, to me it felt like he scored in the single digits but yeah he scored 12 points win <laughs> that's what I'm saying it doesn't feel like he scored 12 points but that's what the stats say but he shot three of 15 from the field two of eight from three the defense has stepped up man the defense has stepped up and I'm sorry the phone seemed to not be working today it was it was. I don't know if Frisk wants to try again and I can try to get in because this might be a game where people might get excited or be mad at what we're saying and want to talk. But um, it's, it's not down today, so maybe we might have to just rock with the comments today. But shout out to you guys from Knicks Nation. I'm going to start reading off these super chats, all right? So shout out to Jason M who sends a $2 super chat. It says, Deuce might be the best point of attack defender on a team. I agree. Hold on a second. My phone's going crazy. I'm sorry. Actually, he said best point of attack defender in the NBA. Well, in the NBA. My <laughs> in the NBA. That is a bold statement. Who are the best point of attack defenders in the NBA? Hmm. I mean, does it? I mean, there's a few. I mean, you got Marcus Smart. We got one. Got I would Herb say Ben Jones. Simmons when Ben Simmons was Ben Simmons might be. Yeah, got Herb Jones on the Pelicans. He's pretty good at point of attack as well. 
Right. Um. Hmm. I'm not sure. You know, it's funny. I feel like he's gonna be damn good. Uh, Gary Payton Jr. might be another one. I mean, I mean, there's quite a few, but I mean, you you probably can't make an argument for Miles McBride though. Maybe he's projecting. Maybe not today. Maybe not today. But he can be. I don't. Know if I'm not sure if he'll be the best, but he might be in the mix. He might be the miss. I ain't mad for you for saying it, though, because his defense is incredible. Two dollar super chat from Echelon. He says he loses it for no call. We lose it over him losing it. <laughs> Yo, Echelon's Echelon super chats are always like little riddles. <laughs> Five dollar super chat for Samir Sariano says, "Let's go four straight." Randall ejected. Brunson hurt. But the team kept it together. If they kept playing like this, they'll be top six in the East. It's it's quite possible. The Knicks are only two games out of fourth place. It's quite possible. This is this is very possible. But the way the the way the East is stacked up. Okay, who are the top teams in the East right now? Bucks, Celtics, Bucks, and um, who, who who's the third place team again? Is it, is is it, it the Hawks? No, it's, it's not the Hawks. I think it's Cleveland, I believe. Oh, Cleveland. I, I, I'm, I'm, I have to check the standings right quick, but I believe it's Cleveland. It could be Cleveland. Hold on, let me check that real quick. Celtics is number one, Bucks number two, yeah. Cleveland number three, yeah. Nets number four, Sixers number five. Yeah, and the Pacers are Pacers six. Pacers six. That's who the Knicks are tied with right now, the Pacers. Right. The Heat never really got it together. The Bulls are still at the bottom. The Raptors are still trying to figure it out. And the Hawks are back down to earth at uh, 500. No money is really running away with anything. Which which, which makes me... And I keep having the saying this. I, keep, I feel like I keep having this same argument on, on Twitter. But I'm going to re-engage this again. Because there's a portion of people who think that winning is a bad thing for us because of a fear, right? The whole fear is we're going to be stuck in the middle. We're going to be stuck at 500 with nowhere to go, no way to improve. And to me, we are, we have, and I've said this before, we're at 500 now and hovering there, but we have the assets to get beyond 500 because of the picks that we have. So us being 500 and capped out with picks, with young assets, isn't the same as other teams in the East being 500. It's just not. There's more wiggle room for us to move around. And the thing that ha- that comes with winning is options of where to go. First, first people want want to, want to target your place to get traded to for for one. Two, when you're winning, everybody who you're winning with looks better. So if there is if we were to make a move, and we had to decide who okay we have to move this piece quickly, Ob whatever. 
then those guys will give you better because we're winning. And then we can make a move for a potential all-star going down the line. And now you might be looking at our our similar starting five plus an all-star. And that can move us to another level. You know what I mean? So I know people who are just about tanking and thinking we should be tanking. And we had this conversation before. Tanking isn't guaranteed. And also tanking isn't just moving Julius Randle, it's also moving off of Jalen Brunson and having it be RJ's team and then having repeat that process for like another three or four years, like the 76ers, like the Oklahoma City Thunder, like those types of teams who's tanked for three or four or five years. That's what tanking really looks like. For us to tank, that's what we have to do. And right now, we don't necessarily have to do that. We're, we're, we have a guy in Jalen Brunson who's hurt right now who we kind of suspect now could be low-tier all-star level. So if in your brain you already have a guy who's low-tier all-star level in Jalen Brunson and you know you need two stars to really compete and you know we're a deep team you start to think, okay, if we move a piece, we get another all-star here. We can pair him with Jalen Brunson or Julius R- with and Randall or Barry, whoever you see fit, and still have enough pieces to compete because we're such a deep team. And then we can start to make moves that way. So it's not just tanking. We There's other avenues for success here. There's more than one way to win. And I felt like I just wanted to address that tonight. Yeah, I mean, you said it perfectly. And, you know, I think people fail to realize that, you know, there's more there's more than one way to skin a cat. You know, there's not one set way to do things or to become a success in the NBA. Because, you know, people have to recall this offseason when the Knicks were trying to trade for Spider, the Knicks could the Knicks could have very well completed a trade for Spider and still have their main pieces here, which is Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, uh, uh, possibly Grimes would have still been here. So, I mean, that shows you right there that the Knicks are capable of making a move for a star player and still keep their main pieces here. So if the Knicks are, are performing well at the moment, you know, they're 14 and 13, playing great defense. Jalen Brunson, like I say, he's playing at a, He's probably playing at, at that all-star level, low all-star level. Or And Julius Randle has been playing out of his mind as of late. You know, the way Julius Randle has been playing the last six games or so, you can argue that Julius Randle is playing at an all-star level as well. So if you have two players playing at an all-star level and then you bring in another player who's an all-star level player, right there that gives you three players who are capable of performing at an all-star level. So therefore, you're putting the team in a position to where they can actually compete and actually make some noise within the Eastern Conference. So tanking is not the only way to go. And with the and with the and with the team the Knicks have at the moment combined with the assets, the Knicks can go multiple ways. There's not one way to do it. So and I do feel like the people who want Randall gone, I I, I this is how I feel. I feel like they're holding on to what has happened in the past. And they can't see past what happened in the past and they're not looking at the present 
pretty much making emotional decisions based on Julius Randle's past. And I'm like, you cannot do that. You have to see what he's doing at the moment. You have to see what he's doing in the present. Mm -hmm. And at the present, he's playing like an all-star player who is helping his team perform over 500. So does it really make sense to take a step back and trade Julius Randle for the Knicks to get to where they want to get to? Why not build on top of that? So, I mean... And, and me, me personally, like, I can admit when I'm wrong because early in the season I was on the Julius Randle trade train, but I can try to stay objective enough and be like, okay, well, this man is playing well at the moment. He's performing well. He's showing that last season is put behind him. He's playing at a much better rate this season. So why should we trade somebody like that and not try to build with that type of player Along with the other good, along with the other good players that we have on the team at the moment. Yeah, it's it's for me when I see the reasons why you move on from Randall. Like reason number one, why people must say move on from Randall is if you see what you see right now, and you feel like this is a fluke, right? They're like, okay, Randall is playing like this now. Is this is a fluke. Is this sustainable? So for me, when I'm looking at that, I'm going, okay, the, why is it happening right now? Why wasn't it happening last year? Like, what is the formula to get this right? For me, one is the accountability factor, right? Two, it's the role. What role is he playing last year versus this year versus the year before we saw in the playoffs, that when he is number one option, he falters. So maybe, just maybe, he's playing better because he's not the number one option anymore. You have Jalen Brunson who people have to account for. And now, because he had to account for him, he, the load isn't as heavy for him. His usage rate goes down, his numbers go up, and maybe that's really the recipe success for us long term so when i'm seeing this i'm going okay maybe this is more sustainable because a we have brunson here and b we also have the defenders here to clean up some of the liabilities of those guys and on top of that push them to play harder because you have grimes over here giving it his all rj barrett doesn't have to go all the way in Randall doesn't have to all the Gillian. They can concentrate on scoring most most of the scoring load. And then on top of that, get motivated to play more defense. So I'm I'm looking at the reasons why, not just he's doing it, but why is he doing it? And for me, when I'm looking at the the why, you start to think, okay, well, maybe the why is what we have in place now. So maybe it just can't be sustainable. Um, the other part is it is like I said before, the attitude. The attitude. Will this attitude be able to sustain for the entire season? If Jalen Brunson is out Wednesday, and now Julius Randle is again the man, and it's RJ Barrett, and it's our Derek Rose or Emmanuel quickly, will he revert back to toxic Randle? Um, I said in the beginning of the season. I was looking to see how he handles himself when Jalen Brunson isn't here 
Because to me, that's going to be the next step to me to see how much change he has and if you can keep his composure for longer stretches without a buffer here to take on the offensive load. So I'm really curious to see how he handles stuff moving forward with Jalen Brunson now, because that's when I feel like things started to falter. When we didn't have a true guy to take that pressure off him, he started to buckle. Yeah, and, and I, oh, you still going, Jay? Uh, and, and you know what? Another part is the other side of that is if you believe in Obi, that's the other other reason I'm seeing. If you feel like Obi Obi topping long term will be better than Julius Randle, then you you can you might say was move on from Julius Randle. Those are the those are the three reasons I could come up with in my head. Anyway. Yeah, so I just want to say a few things because I read some of the comments. Um, okay. First, Ken, don't don't try to twist my words. I didn't say Julius Randle's a star. I said he's playing at an all-star level at the moment, which is true. That cannot be denied. He is playing at an all-star level at the moment. Rodney, I'm not I'm not what I'm not a prisoner of the moment because he had his COVID season. Based on last season, we thought it was a fluke. This season, he's playing back at COVID level. That means it's not a fluke. So therefore, it's not, it's not really me being a prisoner of the moment. It's me looking at it from the objective standpoint and being like, oh, so maybe that season's not a fluke. Maybe that's really him. And maybe last season, I don't know, Julius Randle was going through some things mentally or whatever the case may be, which, which kind of threw him off his game. And all I'm trying to say is, with the way the team is playing with Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson, why not try to bring in another star player and see how that works? If it doesn't work out, you still have the option to trade Julius Randle in the future and bring in other pieces that would work with Jalen Brunson, whichever star player is here. Yes. So, I mean, the, the Knicks can go various ways with this. I just don't think that it's one solution which everybody's pointing to, which is trade Julius Randle. I just don't believe that's the end-all, be-all. I feel like there's multiple solutions to get to to um help the Knicks get to where they want to get to in the future. That's all I'm trying to say. There's more than one way to look at it. Right. For and for okay, Ken says JLS don't fall for the Randall hysteria. Let's see how he does against better defenses. I agree with you. I want to see how they do better. I want to see our full team play against other full teams with better defenses. I definitely want to see it. For sure. But at the same time, I'm hopeful from the defense that the guys have shown so far. And and to be honest, like the teams that we lost to, the 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 good teams, with the exception of Dallas, we've been in every game. We've we've been in every game with the good teams. We we faltered against some stupid teams. So that was interesting. But I listen here, listen, guys, I'm here to be keeping a hundred. I'm not here to give you popular Twitter takes. I'm not here to copy paste takes from Twitter, YouTube, other content creators. I'm here to talk about what I believe in, what I think at the moment. I'm also open to other points of view, suggestions, argument. I'm always open to new ideas, new perspectives. Um, and I'm true to myself and I'm true to new information as well. So it is what it is. 
it's popular to say fire Tid top fire Tom Thibodeau right now. It's popular to say Trey Julius Randle now. There's like an echo chamber of thought happening where everybody's just kind of repeating everything. And you know what? I don't blame guys for thinking that way because of the path that we've taken. Like we didn't, we came from last year from not playing young guys from OB top and not playing enough for Emmanuel quickly, not getting minutes over at um, Alec Burke. So I understand the hysteria and I also understand the, the, uh, the hesitancy, but at the same time, this year, this season is a lot different from last season. You know what I mean? So, which is why I'm looking at it as a whole and not just stuck on last season's gripes. Exactly. And I'm pretty much in the same boat as you, JL. It's like I process new information that I'm seeing and I make decisions based on that. I'm not just going to be stuck on what I saw last season and be like, oh, you know, this has to be the answer. Like if if this season was a continuation of last season, then I would be like, yeah, sure. The, you know, the goal is to trade Julius Randle and get him off the team and see and, you know, move Obi up to the power forward spot and let's see how that is. But based on what I've seen this season, that doesn't seem like the answer. And I want to go to the chat right quick. So Mark Stark, so please tell me, what has Obi done this season for the Knicks to be like, let's trade Julius Randle and give him the starting role? I would love to know what has Obi done this season to be deserving of that starting role from Julius Randle. Please tell me. I want people to be objective right now. What has OB done to prove that he deserved that starting position from Julius Randle? Can somebody tell me in the chat, please? A legitimate Yo, the OB thing, the OB, the front office messed up OB, man. Front office is messed up OB. Of course, because they misuse him. They misused them. They messed. They jacked that whole situation up. We should have a lot more information on OB right now, and it's put OB and Knicks fans in a tough situation where we're still kind of guessing what he is in year three. So I don't, I don't blame you for wanting to see more OB. Because I want to see more Obi, and I also saw the good from Obi last season at the end of the year. So, from if I'm projecting what Obi can be, I think Obi can be in his correct role, a twenty point score, twenty points, like twenty points, seven rebound, four assist a game score. Like, that's who I think Obi can be. A 20 point, seven rebound, four assist game score. Who on the defensive end is not going to be elite. You hope on that side of the ball, he can be not a liability. <laughs> like, that's that, that, and if you're being 100% honest, that's what I'm, what I'm, that's what I'm projecting it can be. A guy who can score in pick and roll can probably do a little bit of mid grain cost. I've seen some flashes of that, but not a liability on defense. Hopefully play decent defense. So when I look at the long-term projection of OB, when I think it can be in my mind, um, 
it's still a projection. It's a risk. It's a it's a risk because the Knicks botched it. It's a risk because the Knicks botched it. Like we should have seen way more Obi earlier. Yeah. So I get it. I still believe in Obi. I I just don't know what I don't know if it's gonna happen here. I just don't know what's gonna happen here. <laughs> yeah, and like I've said in the previous podcast, like if I was Obi's representatives, I would go into Nick's front office and ask them to trade Obi because the Knicks have misused Obi since he's been here and and for example, like last season was a season where the Knicks should have really gave Obi more playing time to see what he can really give to the squad because that was the year when things were just going south and and we really needed to see what the young players really had and, and Thibs didn't really do that till the end of the season when Thibs should have done that way earlier in the season seeing how that season was going and yeah, I just want to yeah and I just want to say this like to those that continuously say that with Julius Knicks are going to be a mid-team or whatever the case may be I don't think y'all are seeing the bigger picture of what me and Jealous is trying to say the Knicks don't have to continuously be mid with Julius Randle on the team in the offseason, weren't the Knicks in the talks of bringing in Spider without having to trade Julius Randle? That's a star player that you could put beside Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Would the Knicks still be mid? That's what I'm saying. Like, Julius Randle has never been in a situation where he's played alongside multiple star players, he's never been in that situation. So, that's an unknown. We don't know whether Julius Randle can be on a team with multiple star players and actually help that team with him not being the main piece, just him being a solid piece. We don't know if that can actually become a good team and make a run. We don't know that. But based on his play lately, it's worth a try. It's, it's worth a try to see if we bring in another star player, how would that look like? And like I said, if it doesn't work out, you still have, you still have the option to trade him because he's shown that he's a good player. That's all I'm trying to say. Like, people are acting like there's actual proof out there that shows that if Julius Randle is just a solid piece with a team with stars, that they're just going to be a mid-team and they're not going to go anywhere. There's no proof for that. We don't know. But with the way he's playing right now, it's worth a try to find out. Yeah. The complaint is he's not the man, but we're not asking to be the man if he's just a piece. Exactly. He's just a solid piece. That, and that's all we need him to be. Like, if he's just a solid piece, then you can have nights like tonight where he beats up on guys who are outmatched and the other stars can rest that night. Or when he does something stupid, like tonight, then you give the ball to whatever star we bring in. You're missing the elephant in the room, Tibbs. Oh, Tibbs is still... Listen, we talked about Tibbs earlier. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about tips early <laughs> we talked about tips earlier and i'll keep saying it i feel like eventually we're going to have to move on from tips for sure because i still feel like there's some lack of creativity on the offensive end but i'm just not sure when that is but there's gonna there's gonna be a point where we're going to hit a ceiling with tips and we're going to have to switch him out for like another coach at some point I'm just not sure when that is yet, but it, but as far as this season, he got when he's gotten his guys, um, and Mitch and Grimes and McBride and quickly to play defense. He he's done better so far. I still want to see like 
there's going to be teams getting healthy. The whole East is wonky right now, so everything is like a little bit distorted. You know what I mean? The 76ers have been injured for most of the season. The Nets have been weird. They're just starting to get it together. The Bucks have always been the Bucks. The Bucks have always been the Bucks. But things have been kind of weird. Even the Cavaliers have been in and out of injury. But shoot, even us, when we lost to the Cavaliers, we didn't have Mitch. We didn't have Mitch, and we had Evan Fournier starting. So when you start talking about wonky, that you, you can bring us into the wonkiness too. Because people want, don't want to give us credit for beating the Cavs, but they beat us without Evan Fournier and without Mitch. But we beat them without Jared Allen. And it don't count, even though they had freaking Mitchell Roberts, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland on the team because Jaron Allen was near didn't count. It was like, okay, but you have your two best players there. <laughs> so so it's like, I don't know. It's weird. It's it's weird. But um, listen, it's all wonky. I feel like toward, I don't know what the teams are really going to look like until February, man, because of all these weird injuries. But um, it is what it is at this point. I want to ask you something. This is off the kind of cuff. I saw a Kuzma rumor floating around. I seen a Kuzma rumor floating around. Uh, I saw some weird thing on the Bleacher Report talking about how they feel like this CAA people who might be interested, how the Knicks might be interested in Kuma because of the CAA connections. Kuzma is scoring 20 points a game this season. I think he shoots somewhere like 32% from three and playing defense. defense. Um, what do you feel about the Knicks bringing in Kuzma? Um, well, I mean, any player with CAA ties, I think the media is going to automatically link them to the Knicks because Leon Rose is CAA and... Clearly, the Knicks have a great relationship with the agency company, but um, I don't really see Kuzma as the answer. Like, I mean, I know he's having a good season, but I just don't see him as that player we bring in and all of a sudden it's going to, like, you know, like change the Knicks' fortunes or whatever the case may be. Like, to, to me, Kuzma's not the move I would be looking for if I'm the Knicks. Yeah, nah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I agree with you. I feel like he's a solid piece. He's looking for yeah. $20 million plus dollars this season. Um, I kind of... This is a contract year for him. So all of a sudden, he's putting all together this contract year. You always got to be worried of that. Uh, just like, you know, Julius Randle here. But uh, you always got to be worried. <laughs> the only thing is, I don't know, Washington, which is just... With the Washington Wizards have picks. That's the only thing I'm interested in. Any, only thing I'm interested in. Only thing I'm interested in from the Washington Wizards are picks, really, because those guys are wild cards as well. All right. Yeah. Uh, Winston Ellis called says, "What does it cost for Kuzma?" I'm not sure if they're looking for a first rounder. I'm definitely not paying no first rounder for Kuzma though. Not at all. But I feel like they might ask for a first for Kuzma. Because he's he's reaching around 20 points per game and he's a starter. So I would imagine the first rounder would, would be involved and then that would be a no for me, dog. Um, unless you're talking about 
here's a young player. We have him as a backup. And does he want to come here to be a backup? I don't know. That's And I'm not sure I want to even give up on a young player to bring Kuzma as a backup at this point. So it's, it's interesting. I've been seeing Kuzma rumors flying out there. I just thought it would be interesting to talk about. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I can't see that as a move that is going to move the Knicks any closer to where they're trying to get to, which is becoming a playoff contender. So, yeah, I wouldn't be. I would not be looking at Kuzma as a viable trade piece to help improve this team. Right. I'm trying to read this. Ken Ken tweets says Wintel's playing. All right. Well, salute to the chat, man. Salute to the chat. I feel like we like briefly talked about the game and then just briefly talked about the look of the Knicks. I think I feel like that was the really good show today. I don't know if there's anything else you really wanted to point out about the game per se, Ryan. Nah, I mean I pretty much pointed out what I needed to point out. Talked about Julius Randle. Um, talked about the Knicks defense, and you know, a big topic now is the state of the Knicks and which direction the Knicks should go to improve the squad. And I feel like we touched on all those things. So, I mean, if you're good, I'm good. What about R.J. Barrett? I don't know if you talked enough about R.J. Barrett tonight. He had an interesting game to me. Because R.J. Barrett is one of the guys today where it seemed like defensively I was upset at him. But at the same time, he had three steals and three blocks. You know what I mean? So, obviously, he's he's he left... He the closeouts were bad, leaving guys open for three point shots. But then he has three steals and three blocks as well, and six assists on a night. Uh, season high for RJ Barrett. Yeah, um, yeah, RJ played well tonight, and he's been playing well for the last you know week or so. So I mean, it's definitely a positive, but definitely showing that he's turning around and looking like the Badman again. Um. Nine of twenty-one from the field. He didn't have a he didn't have such a great shooting night. But the positive I see is the six assists because that's one part of RJ's game that he does need to grow in. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like lately he has been passing the ball a little bit more, especially when he drives to the basket. He's not just forcing up every shot like he was early in the season. He is trying to go into the paint and try to take his time and see and try to process the defense and see if you know maybe if he should take the shot, if he should take a little hook shot, if he should try to pass it down low to Mitch. If you should if you should pass it out to the three point line, so I have to give RJ Barrett props for that. He has grown from that standpoint this season, and defensively, yeah, he's still a little bit shaky. You know, he can still do better on the defensive end, but you know, having three steals and three and three blocks is still impressive. So overall, you know, I'm still impressed with RJ and the turnaround that he's had so far this season. That wing position for us is really to me might be the missing piece to see how far we go like a wing he can shoot threes play make and settle down on offense um next to a healthy brunson because i don't think health i don't think brunson's been healthy for like a week and a half um next to a healthy brunson might really make things go Hopefully RJ starts to put it together soon. He he I, I was joking that not even joking, I was serious. That he only plays 41 games a season. <laughs> because he's only good offensively for like 41 games. All of a sudden the three-point shot starts falling. And but we needed him to start to get it going a little bit early in that. Um I was hoping he would be a little bit more efficient towards the end of the game. 
with you know with with him running the team but i can understand it because tibbs had him playing power forward once again cam doesn't get into the game <laughs> with Ray with Julius with Julius Randall out. And yeah, Cam doesn't get into the game. So he RJ Barrett's playing power forward. And I feel like the guys didn't really know where to be in clutch. Uh so the offense looked really bad. But uh shout out to those guys because they pulled it out on the defensive end. Um only thing is I probably would with Sims over Hartenstein the way that Sabonis was abusing. Hardenstein in the post, but we got the win. That's all that matters, man. One game over the over the 500, first time over 500 since November 16th. And we out here, man. We out here. We got the Bulls up on Wednesday. I'm trying my best to get like a pregame show happening before then, because I feel like if there's ever a time to do a pregame show, it'll be right now with the Bulls being our next two games, one on Wednesday, one on Friday. So hopefully that happens. Also, um, Jalen Brunson might be some much needed rest for him. It might be a good time that we have a few games off. Hopefully he's back healthy, but if he's not back healthy, I'm, I'm curious to see what, how Julius Randall reacts and if he can hold together and what he looks like with him being the man. And I'm also really curious to see, what Tom Thibodeau does if Brunson can't go. Derrick Rose has been out of the rotation. He seems steadfast and not bringing him in the rotation at all. So at this point, IQ has only started two games in his career. Do you go with Emmanuel quickly starting? Do you say, uh, let's go with Deuce? Because, yeah, I don't know, you like the man quickly with the second unit. I don't know. Tibbs is unpredictable sometimes with who starts and who doesn't. Grimes is benched. Then we get a minute, all of a sudden he's starting over Cam. So I don't know what he's thinking. I'm really curious to see if Brunson is down for Wednesday, who's playing. Yeah. All right. to- yeah, a lot of storyline. Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. No, all of, all of us going to say, if I have to take a guess, I would think IQ is going to start. McBride is going to be the first guard off the bench. I do believe Dibs is going to stick to his nine-man rotation. So I, so I do believe Rose will move back in while Brunson is out because mm-hmm. it seems like Cam is in the doghouse. It doesn't seem like Cam is going <laughs> to be out of that doghouse for a minute. So I think Rose is going to move back into the nine-man rotation. Yeah, if Cam's is trading, man. Cam is, yeah. good, Cam is as good a trade to me. It, it just seems like the trade is already done. And they just like, all right, don't get injured. <laughs> don't get injured, so we're not going to play you. And the last news that I've seen from Stephen Popper, it said that the asking price for Cam was two second-round picks. So we traded Kevin Knox in a pick to get Cam. I believe the front office really, at this point, I think the front office was just trying to Flip Cam, man. I don't know if they were really in the plans. I think they might have just been trying to flip him. I don't know. It's like, you know what? We have Kevin Knox. We feel like he's a wasted pick. Let's move Kevin Knox. And 
get Cam since he's a more desirable, known, you know, commodity around the league. See if we can rehab him and then flip him later for a first. But I don't. I think it's kind of blew up in their face. I think that's might have been one of the plans. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing, Ryan G. <laughs> I mean, it could be. Never know. But um, the interesting thing about that Steve Popper tweet was after he said the asking price was two second rounders, he then tweeted on top of that and said that is his market value, but that's not his exact. That's not his asking price. So the Knicks might be asking for a first, and teams might be offering two seconds. Hmm. Things that make you go hmm. Things that make you go hmm. Um, shout out to the chat. I see we got another two. I have another super chat to read that we didn't get to. Uh, shout out to Echelon who sends a two dollar super chat. He says the cure of being chronically mid is winning lfg you know what lfg stands for <laughs> let's yeah. go all right and that's true the only way to get out of mid is keep winning until you more than mid so hmm, we'll see yeah we'll see we'll see shout out to everybody else shout out to stanley man gray 80 echelon first alessandro mark starks and everybody else is rocking with the King of the T show. Shout out to Ken Tavares as well. I really wish the, the, the phone lines were working today because I feel like we said a lot that people might want to respond to. Facts. But um, we'll be back, though. We'll be back. And hopefully next time we're back, the phone lines are up and moving. All right. All right, guys, that is our show. Like I said, I'm going to try to get another pregame show popping with uh someone else to talk Knicks versus Bulls matchup and also I'm I don't know it might be a good time to ask us some questions about their team and how they view Levine and their value because some Knicks fans like Levine but I feel like a lot of Knicks fans are against him um but you know you know how teams are you like if you ask somebody else on that team they might feel like Levine is gold you know what I mean <laughs> They might be like, I'm going I'm to need everybody for Levine. You can't just, you know. <laughs> Yo, the, the phones are down, Adele, today. It's, it's, it's been getting a busy signal for some reason. We, we tried to, to figure it out, but just couldn't do it. But so sorry about that. Hopefully the phones will be working later on. Um, But yeah, that is our show. Thank you, Silver Analytics, for enjoying the show. Everybody else is rocking. Hopefully the phone lines will be up. And if you agree, disagree with us before, you can curse us out the next show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But that is our show. Ryan G, let them know where they can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I-N. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner. You can also find me at on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. All right, you already know what it is. You can find us at the KOT Show on Twitter. Uh, you can get that snapbacks, that black and white, and those blue and orange at nickatimeshow.com. You just go there and hit catalog. You get your snapbacks and other merch if you want. Follow us on Twitter at the KOT Show on Twitter, Naked Time Show on Instagram and Facebook. Also, listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you can find podcasts. Find the KOT show. 
All right. That is our show. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed you too, Ryan G. And you know yes, what sir. the deal is. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button before you leave. And as always. Shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. <laughs> it's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. Shout out to Pix for Timmy. He says, we got to have the same ending as the last show. The last show ending was crazy, all right? <laughs> 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 I'm about to go to watch the last show ending just for... for, for but for laughs. All right, that's our show. We out of here. Peace.